0: Hello and welcome to EWTN Pro-Life Weekly. I'm your host, Prudence Robertson. The FACE Act. On this special edition of Pro-Life Weekly, we're here to answer all your questions about the FACE Act. 2024 marks 30 years since this law was enacted. Peter Breen of the Thomas More Society explains what the law says and what it means for pro-life Americans. Jailed for Rescue. We know of eight pro-life activists who just spent Christmas and New Year's in jail based on felony charges under the FACE Act. We recently visited the site where they're being confined in Alexandria, Virginia. Kristen Turner of the progressive anti-abortion uprising shares details about the conditions there. What comes next? As we embark on a new year, more and more pro-lifers could be affected by laws and regulators that seek to stop our important work. We take a look at how Americans can be on guard as they help to save babies from abortion. Hello, and Happy New Year. 2024 marks the 30th year since the Freedom of Access to Clinic Entrances Act was enacted. This law is more commonly known as the FACE Act. It was signed by President Bill Clinton in 1994 in reaction to a wave of pro-life protests and sit-ins surrounding abortion facilities as people attempted to save the lives of the children whose mothers were walking inside. The Department of Justice says this law prevents, quote, violent conduct intended to injure, intimidate, or interfere with the right to seek, obtain, or provide reproductive health services. But many pro-life groups say the Biden administration unfairly uses the law to target those individuals seeking to rescue babies from death by abortion. In 2023, the Department of Justice indicted eight pro-lifers under the FACE Act. In August, the department convicted Herb Garrity, William Goodman, Lauren Handy, John Hinshaw, and Heather Idoni. And in a separate case, a month later, Joan Bell, Jonathan Darnell, and Jean Marshall were also found guilty. These advocates are currently being held in a detention facility in Northern Virginia while they await sentencing, and they could spend up to 11 years in a federal prison. We recently spoke to one of Lauren Handy's lawyers, Peter Breen, vice president and head of litigation at the Thomas More Society. He explained more about the FACE Act and why it's deeply concerning that so many pro-lifers have been indicted in recent years. Peter, thanks for sitting down with me today. Glad to. Peter, a lot lot of... More, more than usual, a um, number of pro-life advocates have recently been charged under the FACE Act, and this is something that your firm has been very involved in. What is the FACE Act?
1: Well, and so the FACE Act is the Freedom of Access to Clinic Entrances Act. It really has two parts. One is uh, it is intended to stop what we would call the clinic rescues, where folks would go and they would peaceably sit in uh, in front of the door of an abortion clinic. Mm-hmm. You know, So it's a very peaceful thing. It draws its... Uh, Genesis from the American civil rights movements which itself then goes back to you know Mahatma Gandhi Mm -hmm. in India So the very very peaceable nature of it. And so uh, unfortunately the uh, you know the pro-abortion side with the enactment of the FACE Act Turned that into a federal crime, you know and, And so that that is a great that's a great shame that we would do that at a federal level There's no need for that. There are local laws that that deal with it on the other hand uh, the FACE Act is being used against pro-life advocates on the sidewalk in, and it has been used in both the Obama administration and the Biden administration to try to shut down legitimate, appropriate sidewalk counseling. And so you saw that in the case of Mark Hauck, yes. the pro-life advocate in Philadelphia who uh, had uh, was charged two counts of FACE Act violations and then dragged out of his home by 20 FBI agents first thing in the morning. A horrible, horrible instance, uh, and so really, when, when you look at the way they've used the FACE Act now, trying to say that legitimate, legal sidewalk counseling is somehow illegal or somehow mm-hmm. obstructive or, or a, a violation—that's where we've been dealing with uh, dealing with those issues with Mark Halk. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, so that—that's where the FACE Act is right now. Right. Uh, you know, under the Obama administration, they had tried to say that when you are uh, doing your sidewalk counseling ministry, that if. Uh, you're talking to someone who happened to pull into an abortion facility in their car. Well, you're obstructing the car behind them. And if it was any other issue beside abortion, the government wouldn't get near it. They would respect the fact the First Amendment protects your activities. Right. But again, we're having to fight that uh, very you know, uh, great battle to try to defend our First Amendment rights against the FACE Act.
0: Yes. Thank you for explaining that. Um, and you mentioned Mark Houck. Thankfully, he was acquitted of those charges. Um, Recently, a number of pro-life advocates in D.C. were indicted under the FACE Act. Um, What was your reaction to that?
1: It's understandable. They they did an old-school rescue and, you know, live-streamed it to Facebook. So in terms of violating the obstruction part of the FACE Act, I understand why that indictment was made. Mm. The problem there is a normal FACE Act indictment is a six-month misdemeanor. It's like a trespass charge. And so, if you undertake civil disobedience, you know, the, the theory is you are laying your life on the line for the babies and to make a statement to the public. The problem is this the Biden administration didn't just charge them he- with just a basic FACE Act, they charged them with a 10 year felony conspiracy against rights. They treated them worse than major drug dealers yeah. uh, and also called it a crime of violence, such that uh, if you had multiple FACE Act convictions, You would be uh, treated like a three strikes you're out person. Uh, And so this is really the place where the Biden administration has gone beyond any prior administration. Not even Obama administration was doing this to attack these folks. Um, And and when you look at it, Congress was very clear. Face is not meant to be this major felony when you go and sit in a clinic. Um, they, They had lower penalties when you do that. But instead, the Biden administration is just you know, running roughshod over both the intent of Congress and common sense. Mm. These folks have not committed a massive, serious felony uh, crime of violence mm-hmm. uh, as, is being commit, as is being charged.
0: Interesting. And um, Congressman Chip Roy on Capitol Hill has introduced legislation that would repeal the FACE Act. Um, would you be in support of that?
1: Yes, and we, we've been in support of, of all of that. And, of course, with the way that Washington is split right now, it's tough to get any movement on a substantive piece of legislation. But you really, what you hope is, by calling attention to this situation, maybe we'll get the attention of some folks in the court system, so that maybe higher up in maybe the courts of appeal or the Supreme Court, mm-hmm. we can get some action to stop this overcharging, where they're, again, calling these folks you know, violent felons, mm-hmm. which is just it's an outrageous uh, slander against the pro-life movement and these brave advocates.
0: Right. Peter, um, before I let you go, we live in the United States of America. You know, our nation was founded on the right to life. And every corner, at every corner, it seems like there's litigation against, against that basic fundamental right. Did you ever think that we would be at this point in our nation's history? And um, can you offer us any hope and encouragement for the future?
1: Sure. It, it, it w- Whenever you come to a pro-life conference, you, you've always got to deal with this. So you, you don't want folks to get complacent. And right. so you want to make sure to give them the unvarnished truth of what's happening. But at the same time, uh, there are incredible causes for hope. So in, in the pro-life states, look at all the babies being saved. You know, but in the, the pro-abortion states, say like in Illinois, where your abortion rate is skyrocketing, other states like you know similarly situated. Uh, so we've got to have different strategies but we're winning battles. You know, we, we won a, a, a big injunction recently against an anti-pregnancy center law in Illinois. And that was the whole pro-life movement coming together. Uh, the activists came together, the legislators and the lawyers, and we were able to go into court and get great victories uh, there. We are fighting back against the other side at every turn. And in part, uh, the reason they're attacking us so hard is because it's working. Our advocacy is working. People are becoming more pro-life uh, in their day-to-day lives and in their individual decisions. Um, So that's that's the hope. I I think the the issue, too, we are in a time of great change, time of great change across the country, every issue. But in the abortion issue, we're still post Dobbs and folks are still trying to figure out, well, what do I do now? You know, how does my state regulate it? What have you. But I'm seeing so many uh, uh, causes for hope in the states that are pro-life. And then even in those, you know, those states that are pro-choice on abortion, we are having sanctuary uh, counties and cities for the unborn. We're doing all sorts of good things there and defending the First Amendment rights Mm -hmm. of sidewalk advocates so they can do their job and offer real alternatives to women in need.
0: Mm. Peter, thank you so much for sitting down with me and for sharing all your wisdom with us. Uh, Grateful for all the work that you do. Hey, it's great to be with you. And now we bring you to the Alexandria Detention Center, where these eight pro-life advocates are being held. We went there with Kristen Turner of the Progressive Anti-Abortion Uprising, also known as POW. She told us about the conditions these pro-lifers have endured now for months. Since September of 2023, eight pro-life activists have been held in this Virginia detention center just outside of Washington, D.C. Their crime? Attempting to rescue unborn babies from death by abortion. These pro-lifers were indicted under the FACE Act of felony charges and could face up
2: to 11 years in prison. These jails are human dog cages. They treat them horribly. I mean, it's freezing cold in there right now, and the rescuers are suffering, and of course they know that they're suffering for the babies. We need to stand up for them because when we defend rescuers, we defend
0: babies. These interventions at abortion facilities, or as Powell calls them, rescues, are often peaceful. Pro-lifers will enter a clinic and ask expectant mothers to leave alongside them, and their goal is to save children from a
2: brutal death. These rescuers bravely decided to put their bodies in between babies that were scheduled to be killed in Washington, D.C. in 2020. They went into an abortion facility whose abortionist is known for committing heinous crimes against children and even killing them after they're born. He admitted this on camera in a 2011 live action undercover sting operation. But instead of D.C. abortionist Cesare
0: Santangelo, it's eight pro-life people. Who are now behind bars. We spoke to one of them Herb Garrity via phone.
3: Um, I think when I first got here it was very very difficult. Um, the, the conditions early on were pretty rough. Uh, I was in solitary for a while and at that point it, it was quite difficult um, but At this point, I've been moved to general population, and I believe all of my uh, fellow co-defendants have been too, though. I'm only able to see most of them uh, weekly church services.
0: There's been an uptick in arrests of pro-lifers who attempt rescue since March of 2022, when Lauren Handy and other PAL members exposed the brutal deaths of over 100 babies at the hands of Sant'Angelo, including five children who were
2: likely born alive and left to die. They have come to be known as... The Five. All of the signs continue to point back to Cesare Santangelo's abortion facility in Washington, D.C. We've seen some of the first rescues in history happening on that campus. And then we saw the Justice for the Five babies. All the signs continue to point back to him. He is our Kermit Gosnell. And we asked ourselves so many times, how did they let Kermit Gosnell do what he did? The justice for the five babies are still awaiting autopsy. It's been a year and a half. These five babies are still at the medical examiner's office, and the mayor is blocking an autopsy for that. We need autopsies for these babies to prove once again that Cesare Santangelo is killing children after they're born. After
0: members of POW uncovered the five, they, along with other direct action activists, were charged for a different rescue they attempted back in 2020 in which they use chains and bike locks to block the entrance to Cesare Santangelo's abortion facility in the Foggy Bottom neighborhood of DC. That's why they're in jail now. What's the common thread and why are these arrests happening now so many years later?
2: Here's Kristen's take. Well the Biden administration is coming after activists from every cause right now but we know that just in this year alone over 12 pro-lifers have been charged with the FACE Act. They're coming after us as hard as they can because they they know that this is the way to end abortion, to end the funding that they're getting from the abortion industrial complex, and they're scared. Powell
0: has argued that the FACE Act is unconstitutional because it's predicated on a right to abortion that was invented by Roe v. Wade, especially now after the Dobbs decision in which the justices said point blank the Constitution does not confer a
2: right to abortion. If you peacefully enter these abortion facilities in order to stop abortion, if you block access to abortion in any way, you can be held accountable on a federal level and face up to 10 years in prison. This law, I mean, it's unconstitutional, and it was predicated on Roe v. Wade, which has since been overturned, but it was still used against these rescuers to imprison them and try and stop them from taking direct action to save the lives of these children. Here's what Herb had to say about the law that put him in jail and that could perhaps
0: land him in prison soon.
3: Now it's unequivocally clear that there is no right, constitutional right, to kill your child. And so the idea of a federal law that hyper-criminalizes one specific type of free speech, particularly free speech, that is saying that abortion is a crime and it is violence against a human being hyper-criminalizing just that type of speech and that type of behavior compared to the slap on the wrist that you get for any other type of nonviolent sit-in, I think is egregious and it's inappropriate. And so I I think that the FACE Act should have never been passed. And I think that at this point, it it needs to be repealed.
0: We also asked him if he regrets the actions that landed him in jail.
3: No, I'm, I certainly, I'm going to continue to be present at places where they're killing children and offering resources so that people don't feel as though that's their only option.
0: Herb and his co-defendants are scheduled to be sentenced to prison in May of this year. Coming up, we share more about the people who have been impacted by the FACE Act. And we hear an important perspective from Lauren Musica. Her group has a different approach to saving children's lives. More details up next. You're watching EWTN Pro-Life Weekly. I'm Prudence Robertson. Welcome back to our program. Some might wonder what motivates certain pro-life activists to protest abortions by putting themselves in the line of fire, knowing that they could face jail time for their tactics. To help answer that question, we take a look back at our interview with Father Fidelis Machinsky. We spoke with him in July of 2022, just after he spent time in jail for carrying out a lock and block style rescue. And you have been arrested several times for participating in nonviolent rescues like this one, and you're not the only person who has responded to abortion in this way. How do you respond to people who think that your way of defying abortion, trying to end abortion, goes a step too far?
4: Well, I would respond by simply asking, uh, imagine if you were one of those children scheduled to be executed that day. Would you not want every possible effort to be made to save your life? And saying that something is a step too far is simply saying, well, some lives are less valuable than others. We could sacrifice only up to a point, and then we'll let these others die
0: while some advocates choose to take these more direct actions, like Father Fidelis, it's not the only way to save babies. Many in the pro-life movement have different tactics. Lauren Muzika, president of Sidewalk Advocates for Life, empowers people to shut down abortion clinics and save moms and babies. Her team is also committed to helping pro-lifers understand what their rights are while sidewalk counseling. When we recently spoke to her, she emphasized what makes her group effective. We actually have robust legal rights within the confines of the First Amendment mm-hmm. that we can have peaceful conversations we can invite those conversations we can hand out information, and we don 't need to worry about the necessarily the face Act or you know some of these other laws that sometimes uh, the, the other side, even a weaponized FBI and DOJ would love to slap on us right, right. so the important thing is that we continue doing what we 've always been doing here at sidewalk advocates for life when we You know, aim to be peaceful, prayerful, loving, law-abiding, right? We have the means to reach out to all sorts of clients for hours in front of a facility and, and love people and help people and serve them where they're at. Many of you likely remember the case of Mark Houck and his family, who were accosted at their home due to unfounded FACE Act allegations. On an early September morning in 2022, Mark Houck, his wife, and their seven children were awakened by a horde of FBI agents at their Pennsylvania home. The agents handcuffed Houck and took him into custody in front of his family. The reason for this violent arrest? The DOJ charged him with violating the FACE Act, accusing him of pushing an elderly pro-abortion escort outside of Planned Parenthood. In February of 2023, Houck was acquitted of all charges and joined our program to discuss the raid, his acquittal, and how he's taking action against the FBI and DOJ. He also recently announced that he's running for Congress. Let's take a look back at his story. Mark, hello, and congratulations on the recent verdict from the jury. We at EWTN have been praying for you, and and we're really glad to welcome you onto the show today. Talk to me about why you've decided to sue the FBI.
4: Well, thanks, Prudence, for the time, and all glory be to God for the victory. And Well, you know, the reason that we're going to pursue justice uh, in this way is because the government and the Department of, of Justice, FBI, need to be held accountable um and and they need to know that they cannot discriminate based upon viewpoint and uh and that's really what, what was a, the issue here is that uh because I was a pro-lifer because it is post Roe v. Wade all that um uh, that they came after me in an overly aggressive way we we agreed that we would would come into Uh, the city of Philadelphia to present ourselves should we be indicted, and there was no need to put my children in danger. Uh, There was no need to intimidate, humiliate, and scare, potentially harm my children and terrorize my family.
0: Sure. And, Mark, I want to focus on what you said to those agents that morning before they arrested you. You said, I know why you're here. You're here because I rescue babies. Mark, why have you chosen these abortion mills as your battlefield
4: well uh it's the primary battlefield of the day if we can use that, that terminology uh it's 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 a fight that is the most important and um and we engage in in that battle in a spiritual way. It's a spiritual fight and and we know that there's powers and principalities involved in the evil of abortion and so we take our weapon, our rosary, our prayers and our fasting and our, our charisms to help women and men in a difficult situation. And so uh, it, all life and everything begins with, uh, in the womb. So if we don't get that right, uh, we're all in danger. And mm. so we have to begin there as the primordial battle of the day.
0: Yeah. And Mark, I'm sure it's not easy to think back on this, but would you share with me and our viewers how those FBI agents treated you after the arrest, once they had taken you into custody?
4: Sure, happy to do it. Um, the journey, the journey was uh, was a difficult one, but the, we rejoiced in the, in the trial and the persecution. So, um, I was taken to the federal building in Philadelphia, about a hundred yards away from. Uh, uh, Independence Hall, where our our rights were established, and so um, when I got to uh, to the federal building, I was shackled in my belly, shackled in my feet, and chained to a table for six plus hours. Um, I don't know if that's normal standard procedure or not. Didn't doesn't seem to be, but nonetheless, uh, we will be learning more about that o- over the coming months. And then I was transferred uh, to the U.S. Marshals in, a, in the same fashion, uh, shackled. When they were at my house, they didn't allow me to put any clothes on. They didn't allow me to, to get socks on. They didn't allow me to say goodbye to my wife and my children. Um, it, it, was, it was done in a way to humiliate, as I said, intimidate and instill fear, and mm-hmm. especially in fear in pro-life America.
0: Hauck and his wife filed lawsuits against the FBI and DOJ in November of 2023. They are seeking more than $4 million in damages from the Biden administration. At the time of our recording, the government has not yet responded to the suits. Houck told EWTN News Nightly correspondent Eric Rosales that he hopes this lawsuit gives a voice to his fellow pro-lifers who have been indicted under the FACE Act.
4: My heart goes out to them and, and they have my prayers and and I know some of those people personally, so you know I I encourage them, and I hope they're encouraged by this uh, because it is an injustice. This face act is unconstitutional, and uh, and, and its application is completely lawless.
0: And what happened to Hawkins' his family has moved him to run for Congress. He says in his platform, quote, I have seen firsthand what an out-of-control government can do to its citizens. I will fight to protect all people and their rights under God and our Constitution. My platform is based on common sense. That does it for this edition of EWTN Pro-Life Weekly. I'm Prudence Robertson. Don't forget you can find us at EWTN Pro-Life on all social media platforms, X, Facebook, Instagram, we're there. And if you're interested in more news from our nation and world, go to EWTN.com forward slash pro and sign up for our newsletter, The Pro-Life Pulse. Remember, life is a gift. Your life is a gift. God bless.